What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kund, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to G, who's the co-founder of Lemlist. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Um, great. Thanks, Matt, for having me. Yeah, excited to have you on. Looking forward to learning more about what you're working on. For people that haven't heard of Lemlist, what is it? What are you working on? <laughs> so Lemlist is a sales automation software that allows sales team to get more meeting with their prospects. So walk me through a little bit about how, how, how this works. Like, you know, I, I do sales all the time. So like, I'm interested for myself. What's the user experience if someone wants to try this for the first time? And like, what could they expect if they tried Lemlist? So essentially, like, uh, you're going to import your list of prospects. And then you're going to be able to say, like, first step, I want to start sending an email. Then wait for a few days and start sending, like, a LinkedIn connection or LinkedIn message. And eventually on day six, I'm going to want to start a phone call. And everything would be put inside the same platform in order for you to save time and also like get more replies from your prospects. This is awesome. It's like you're almost, is this what you would call, and I might butcher this. So if I do, let me know. Is this like omni-channel style? Like you like exactly. hit people up on your brand <laughs> omni-channel? That's yeah, very cool. Absolutely. I'm curious, how do you kind of, tell me about the origin story here. How did you decide to get started with this and, and, and uh, what's the origin story? So essentially like prior to Lemlist, I had my own lead generation agency. So we were finding customers for our clients and I was doing a lot of outbound. And eventually, you know, I was looking at all the tools in the market. And for me, there were a lack of few things. First, the technical aspect of it. Initially, I'm an engineer. So like the technical aspect of it was not pushed to the level of expectation that you should have when it comes to making sure that your emails end up in the, the inbox and not in the spam. And on top of it, I figured out that the personalization level that Zeus platform were allowing you to put was not enough. For me, sales is all about building relationships. So the first thing we started with was a platform with cold emails where we were adding like a, a new layer of personalization with dynamic images, videos, and these type of things just to make the relationship much easier to build. And our users started getting like more and more replies. And eventually, you know, like uh, they, were, um, they were just, you know, like wanted to have multi-channel, which made sense. So we implemented more channels in order to like uh, maximize the, the reply rate and the, the booking rate. So this is awesome. I, you know, back in like 2017 or 20, 2018, I was actually work, like heavily not working on a product like this, but I was using different products and I wasn't satisfied with any, like, like none of them felt, felt, felt great, but like, I was just kind of waiting for like that, that killer one. So I'm definitely gonna have to give this a try. So, so walk me through a little bit of, as you've been building this and from founding to now, 
Um, you, you know, I know you've had some success, like walk me through how you thought about financing the company, um, kind of the journey in regards to, um, great, you have something that's working, raise a million dollars, <laughs> raise 5 million, raise a hundred million, right? You know, or, or not necessarily. Can you walk me through your Yeah, definitely. There? So essentially, like uh, we started the company in early 2018 and uh, very quickly we started having like customers. So we invest in almost nothing. Like we had maybe like a thousand bucks in the company. And I started like closing customers very quickly. And I think after a year, we could already get like a, a good, uh, really good salaries for my co-founders and I. And then we started like scaling the team. And now like uh, we crossed a $5 million ARR in less than three years. And uh, we have more than 10,000 customers. So we never really needed funding. And uh, actually like that's uh, also, you know, like <laughs> what, uh, what we decided to do because we were a bit... Um, sick of having all this um, media and everyone online saying that the success of a company should be linked to the amount of fund they raise. We believe that it should be the opposite. For me, like it's super important to be profitable because you can really like uh, help your team, give like much bigger bonuses and have like 10 times less pressure from investors. So we pretended that we wanted to raise funds like we announced it publicly. And then we had like uh, hundreds of messages from investors. We even did like a, a pitch live with some investors. And at the end, we received like a, a $30 million offer and we turned it down just to showcase the word that you can be bootstrap. You can be like a hyper growth company scale up and you don't need to have millions to do it. You can do it just with the money of your customers, because in my opinion, it's the best fundraising you can do. So this is great. I, I, I love this. Um... But, but I guess I, I have one additional question. It's going to be like a half joke <laughs> before, before I say it. You said you're, 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 you're multi-million AR, but like when do you raise money again? No, just kidding. <laughs> Ultimately, like the joke is that like you literally have had this massive growth without any outside capital. I guess I, guess I have a few questions into this because this is fascinating. You know, a, lo a lot of the people that I interview, to be honest, most of the people that I interview do take on capital and that's fine. That's a great yeah, path for a lot of companies but you're charting a different path. So I'm curious for you, what have been some things that you've maybe learned as you decided to reject the capital, the, the venture capital or go down this bootstrap path? Like what have you learned? Um, and maybe something you want to share with someone deciding which path they want to go. Yeah, on? I, th I think it depends on, on many things. As you said, like, for example, I'm not against, you know, like uh, VC fundings and the VC route because for some companies it works really well. But the truth is, I think that creativity comes when you have like less resources. So, in the early days, for example, if you had like given me $1 million before actually having a product, I would have probably spent it on ads, on hiring more people. And the thing is, in the early days, you should spend the most of time with your customers. Like I spent one year and a half before hiring the first person in support, meaning that for a year and a half, it was just me chatting with customers all day long, doing like uh, meetings with them, meeting them like uh, four to five times per day. And, and that's it, you know, like the more you meet with your customers, the more you're going to learn their pain and the better solution you'll be able to find. And I see too many founders out there that don't want to put the work or the effort in doing these simple things, because in the end, you know, you're growing a business. So you need to learn about others, help each other. And if you find how you can help people, eventually it would make sense for them to buy your product or your solution. Business is quite simple, you know, in the end. But you have to put the work and you have to put the effort. And I think money gets you lazy sometimes. So... <laughs>
I have a I have a uh, a question that is very uh, selfish because it's very very personal to my situation. But I'm curious because I'm I, I like I would ask you off air, so I may as well ask you on. So I, I'm in a situation where I um I based on recent events, I'm connected to lots of potential capital. I have a company that 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 very early stages, like only like under ten grand MRR, but in the last week has gone from zero to four figures like in a week. So there's like a very quick something there, and I'm you know I I. I could raise money if I wanted to with the last, but, but one thing I'll, I'll share is for the last six years, I've only been like a bootstrapper. So I've actually like instilled this like hustle sales, get shit done mindset. So I'm curious for you, like, would you, would you ever consider taking capital even, even, even like with your mindset? And for me, if I like have already kind of instilled in my DNA, like get shit done type attitude, but capital helps, how would you kind of advise someone like me in the regards to thinking about venture or not, if, if that makes sense? Yeah, of course. So I think like it's, it's really the time of asking yourself, why do you want to raise money? Is this because you need to hire people? Like, for example, you need to hire developers because you don't have developers in your funding team. Or is it because you want to hire a sales rep because you know that it's working and you want to hire just like 10 times more people to go test something big and try to be the first in the market because you know like it's a, it's a market, it's a blue ocean and you need to be the first and you need to go big. So that's the first question. The second question is, who are you gonna raise for? You know, because all money is not equal. So really spend time with uh, the VC because in the end, like our investors, because in the end, they're gonna become your co-founders because they take a part of the, or a big chunk of your company. So make sure whenever, like the, the, the advice I would give to someone who wants to raise with VC is whenever you chat with them, first make sure that it's gonna be a good marriage. So spend time with them, ask them the right question. And then second, always ask them to do two things. One, it's an intro with one of their founders from their portfolio and where the company is booming and it's growing and everything is going super fine. And two, ask them to make you an intro with a founder from their portfolio where the company has shut down and closed and it was a total failure. That way you can know how are things when everything go fine, but how are things also when shit hit the fan, you know? And by doing that, at least you have like the, the bigger picture and you know whether or not it's a good fit for you. And then I guess last question on this front and then, and then we'll go to big vision for you in the future. Um, would you ever... I'll preface with like, it's hard to know what you'll do in the future, like, like situ situations happen, et cetera. But at this moment, would you ever consider taking venture at all? Or are you kind of at this point where like, you're, you're crushing it, you have a great company, why the heck would you dilute your company? How are you thinking about the next decade, specifically on the financing front? Yeah, so I mean, to be honest, that's a good question. But um, last year, like in 2020, we had like more than $1 million in EBITDA. Meaning that this year, I think we would be maybe at like $5 million in EBITDA. So the truth is like, we don't really need uh, funding. So I'm really happy having the control of the company. It allows me to work on also like a different project. So sometimes, you know, like on top of uh, building Lemlist, on the side, we also built like another project that in one year, we grew it from zero to $600,000 ARR. And we exited that company to others. So, you know, it's like all these little things that I'm experimenting, experimenting an exit with another company on the side, but also like having the team and growing the team. It's things that I'm doing and that I can do because I don't have like uh, outside capital because I'm the one dictating like the vision and, uh, and that feels good, you know? 
Yeah, that's awesome. It's so cool. It's so cool to hear this story. And I'm glad that all, all the listeners are going to be able to hear it too. So let's look out into the future, 5, 10, 15, 20 years, as far as you want to look. What's the big vision here? And what direction are you rowing in with Lemless? You know, you know, what does that look like in the future? So first, I think in the next years, we want to become like the, the first French unicorn that is bootstrapped. <laughs> so that's like, a, that's one of the, of the main goal. Cause I think I, I really want to push hard on bootstrapping and on the fact that you can do things without ha- having like outside investment. Then, you know, my, our mission, you know, it's to help more than 1 million entrepreneurs to launch a profitable business. So what we've tested at Lemlist, we've processized a lot of things. We've changed a lot of things when it comes to sales and how to building Prebook and when it comes to growth and marketing. So I want to share all the things that I've learned, the things that I've tested and that worked and build like more courses to help entrepreneurs really like go out there, be like uh, able to launch their business. Because I think that in a global economy, entrepreneurship is what will change everything. Uh, you can't really rely on states. You can't rely on outside people. You can make your own stuff. And success for me is having the freedom to do the things you love. And my goal would be to spread it to millions of people so they can start and launch their own company. Uh, this is awesome. Uh, this is People are going to love this. I, I'm curious for you, like, how can the forward thinking founders community help you make that vision happen. You know, the multiple visions, like, are you hiring? Are you looking for, I mean, you're not usually asked, are you looking for investment? So I won't ask that. Are you hiring, looking for customers, looking for partnerships? You know, how can the community, the listeners assist? I think like, uh, to be honest, we have built the biggest community around sales automation, which is called uh, the Lemless family. It's on Facebook. If people want to join and join the conversation, we're always like providing value and exchanging. So our goal, you know, it's to grow and basically to spread the message to the more people as possible. So everyone is welcome to, to join us on this adventure. And then for my last question for you, if someone wanted to try out your product or just learn more, get in touch, how can they find you online? What's your website? Do you have social media? Do you have an email? How can they get in touch? So the website is lemlist.com. You have two weeks free trial. Uh, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. It's uh, G. Uh, just type G and a dot <laughs> and you would find me. And my email is uh, guillaume at lemlist.com. It's a French name, so you might struggle. LinkedIn might be easier. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I love your story. And I hope you know people listen and think about their path forward. Thanks for coming on and best of luck moving forward. Thanks a lot, Matt. It was great.